Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? That's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story, where you're from. God's the judge. People have to live to their own conviction. The science is clear. The Bible is clear. And if we're honest, our intuitions are clear. We know what we're killing. We're killing a human being. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's take a moment to celebrate, shall we? All right, that's enough. This is Wretched Radio. Why is the celebratory party over for the Southern Baptist Convention? Well, just because the Southern Baptist Convention ended quite successfully, if you are a conservative biblical interpreter, nevertheless, it appears there is still leaven in the SBC lump. What is that leaven? It's the role of women in the church. Go back to the 50s. Historically studying denominations, the first foot forward headed in the left wrong direction was always the role of women. It's happened to the Lutherans. It happened to the Presbyterians. That would be the USA, not the America, my covenantal friends. It would be Methodist. You name it. When a denomination tilts to the left and then ultimately ends up endorsing LGBTQ business, because that, that's, that's where it almost always goes, you know that you're dealing with an issue that must be eradicated or like a cancer it will spread unless it is removed. And that would be my encouragement to the SBC. Well done at the convention. 89% of the messengers said, sorry, Pastor Warren, your church, Saddleback, is not welcome in this year convention. That was huge. That was, he is hands down the most powerful, influential messenger at the convention. And he had his egalitarian hat handed to him, 89% to 11%. But then it was rather interesting. Mike Law, he's a pastor in Virginia. He wanted to strengthen the Baptist faith and message to state, you can't even endorse or affirm or employ a woman as a pastor. Now, here's the good news. That legislation passed 80%. That's really good. But what about that 20%? That's even more than the 11%. So let's just say, even though we're not Lifeway and we don't do polling, 20% <laughs> of the SBC in, at some level is soft on the complementarian issue, the role of women in the church. What is the SBC going to do about that? I don't run the place. I'm not SBC. I realize there's rules. I Just based on what I saw, Bart Barber seems to be doing an apt job at leading the denomination. Jimmy, you watched his sermon and you gave it how many stars? Uh, three, four, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It was, right. it was okay. You, it was it was okay. So he appears to be doing a fine job when it comes to the conservative issues that we're concerned about. But what is the convention going to do about the 20%? Because if it isn't addressed, it is almost certain to contaminate and continue to grow. That's how bad teaching works. It isn't static. It just keeps creeping. and It's like kudzu. 
Bad teaching is like kudzu. It just creeps and creeps. And the next thing you know, why is our pine tree dead? Oh, the kudzu. What will the SBC do? Well, perhaps, perhaps, even though some people are concerned that a Trojan horse was introduced to the SBC, maybe, just maybe, what was forwarded by Ed Litton, J.D. Greer, Steve Gaines, and James Merritt might, might, Turn out to be a blessing. They asked that the convention would research, hey, um, can we get a little clarification on what it means to be in friendly fellowship inside of the SBC? Because currently, the Constitution states that you have to not be in complete, but mostly in agreement with the Baptist faith and message. What does that mean? I do believe that it needs some tightening. And my hope is, even if it was intended to be a Trojan horse, that that committee, that research panel, which are usually problematic, hopefully it will result in the SBC clarifying its position. Where can we have differences and still be in friendly fellowship? Cooperate with one another, do ministry things together. And eschatology? Can we have differences there? I think they should state it. I I think they should state where they stand on these issues. And I think that they could also state where it's okay that we disagree. Um, For me, I think inside of the context of a local church, it's a smaller body, which makes everything just a little bit more intense. I think that you should have everything well articulated and say, this is where we stand. But even inside of that context, there can be some theologies where we do have a difference of opinion. So let's use eschatology. The SBC could come out and rightly state that they're pre-trib dispensationalists. (laughs) Hello again, my covenantalist friends. They could state that, and then they could say, however, inside of the SBC, there are varying positions on this secondary issue, and they can coexist with those of us who are right about our end times theology. You know, something something warm and friendly and not confrontational like that. Jimmy, just admit it. I have a gift, don't I? You do. I'm just, mm, I'm just a big bear hug, just warm <laughs> and friendly. I think that the SBC would do well to do that. State where there can be differences of opinion. The the thrust of the argument from Rick Warren and apparently maybe up to 20% of the SBC messengers is this just ain't a big whoop, which is why I still think we would do well to continue talking about the subject of the role of women, because if we don't have it well articulated, even if you're right, you can lose it. Haven't we seen this throughout the decades where evangelicals have been confronted with something get knocked on our heels a little bit? kind of get our act together, talk about it. And then five years later, it's like, okay, we got this down. We've got this clarified. I remember CRT when that first hit, it was like, well, well, there's this. And then wait, what about that? And how do you understand this word? And then it took a little while. We got it sorted and we're able to articulate it and defend why, hey, that ain't a good idea. We don't want that inside of the church. And I think the same thing is true with this current issue about the role of women. If you go back to the year 2000, you will see that the issue of women being pastors was already an issue in the SBC. And even though they put a statement that was pretty clear inside of the Baptist faith and message that while women are gifted for all kinds of ministry, 
the office of elder is reserved for men. You would think that would be enough. It wasn't. Why? Well, because there's wiggle room, and then you've you've got clever debaters like Rick Warren who come up with very, well, that seems to make some, yes, well, sure, that's, oh, oh, the Baptists have never really had a statement of faith. We've just kind of sung kumbaya, even though we're not always holding hands. Okay, we've got to articulate our message, and we've got to be able to say why this is a big deal. I think, I don't, I wouldn't put this at the top of the list, because this would be anecdotal, and that's usually a secondary argument. Its force is less than just, here's what the Bible says, certainly. But you could point to all of the denominations that have gone absolutely apostate because they decided to embrace egalitarianism. That's an argument, but there, there, there could be the old argument from current-day socialists, well, they just haven't done it right, or we'll never go down that slippery slope. Well, we've been down that slippery slope before, and you're gonna, because the next thing you know, you will be affirming all kinds of apostasy. But that's not our primary argument. The Bible has to be the book that really nails the egalitarian coffin shut and then buries it in, inside of a Concrete. What do they call the concrete thing that wraps around the uh, it's, it's your, the cask, the the mosque? No, the the uh, the sanatorium. What? There's a big concrete thing. The coffin gets put inside of. Oh, I don't. So know. it's not just surrounded by the dirt. What is that? Whatever that's called, we got to put it in there, cover it up, put dirt on top of it, plant grass, and grow some flowers. Because if we don't, it's going to come back, just like it did in 2023, even though it was dealt with in 2020. So what is the issue? The issue is sin, ongoing repentance sin. That's the biggie. To endorse women in this role is to clearly contradict what the church has understood quite clearly for 2,000 years. That's, that's the problem. Is this an essential issue? No, it's not. You can't rightly state that this is a cardinal doctrine. But you can't, if you had a church that said, we endorse punching little children in the nose. You'd go, okay, hold on a second. We, we, what do you mean you're a church? Stop that. That's clearly wrong. Well, no, we've been reading the Bible, and we've discovered that we should just lighten up on these secondary issues. You'd go, no, I'm sorry. It is so obvious. So number one, it's a sin issue. Number two, if you can't figure out how to read the Bible on this subject, it's about a split second before you're going to look at Romans 1 and go, well, let's not be so uptight about sexuality. Then finally, number three, I think we can state, history is a pretty good teacher. The denomination that turns to the left and becomes egalitarian, the next thing you know, knock, 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 they're totally apostate. So well done to the SBC. Might I encourage you to keep on going? This is Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby courtesy of an ultrasound from 
preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. Now, look, I know you love our resources and all of the good stuff we have at wretched.org. I do too. But let me ask you another question. Have you considered becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Because when you do that, you can help us reach millions all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And hey, look, it's tax deductible. You can't beat that. It's like those combos. You remember those combos, those pizza pretzel things? Uh, Yeah, I'm probably the only one. But anyway, here's one promise that I can make to you. You never have to worry about the money you donate to Wretched because look, we're not just making quality productions around here. We're also stewarding God's money as if eternity depended on it. And we do it all with a very high view of scripture. We don't mess around with any of that unbiblical stuff around here. So join us, become a Wretched Gospel partner and help us to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Know your church fathers. Athenagoras was a Christian philosopher in Athens who used his training to defend the Christian faith against Roman persecution. He wrote on the resurrection of the dead, arguing that the nature of God, the nature of humanity, and the concept of justice only make sense if there is a physical resurrection. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. A wretched response. Hey, it works for everybody else, all right? This is Wretched Radio. Got to admit, I'm gullible. I tend to fall for response videos. Somebody, I don't even know who they are, sitting in kind of a makeshift studio, responds to Elvis Aloha from Hawaii singing, My Way. Okay, I'll watch it. I just, for some reason, we love watching people's first response. And if it's good enough for YouTube, It's good enough for us. I have not taken the time to listen to the rather passion pleas of Pastor Rick Warren. 
as he petitioned the SBC to let the Saddleback Church, which has been disassociated with the SBC for ordaining women as pastors, it fell on deaf ears. 89% said, sorry, you can't come back in. 89%. Now, Bart Barber said something that I think was really quite helpful. Jimmy, what did you hear the uh, re-elected president of the SBC say before the vote about Saddleback? Well, he said it during his uh, his sermon that morning, and then again he said it um, before the uh, announcement of the vote was uh, announced. He said, let's not applaud and celebrate any of these. Th- there was three churches that appealed them disfellowshipping, and let's not applaud uh, and celebrate any of these three churches' decisions or any of the decisions about these three churches. We don't attend divorce parties, was his quote. That's that. You know what? That is a good word. I got to tell you, because this shouldn't be a happy day. Whatever your attitude is about these churches or Rick Warren, purpose-driven life, this really shouldn't be a gloating moment. This shouldn't be a woo-hoo-hoo face. Do we still say that face? That was, <laughs> was like an 80s thing. When you like totally biffed it or somebody really stuffed you in the basketball court face, we don't want to do that because this isn't good. You have churches that are living in willful, unrepentant sin. So let us take a moment to listen to Pastor Rick Warren without gloating. You say, why would we do this then to learn the arguments? If anybody has clever weaponry for undermining the complementarian view, it's Rick Warren. That There's a reason he sold millions of books. He's clever. He's smart. And he sought this through. So let's listen to him so that we can hear the arguments and respond to them. For 178 years. The SBC has been a blend of at least a dozen different tribes of Baptists. If you think every Baptist thinks like you, you're mistaken. Fair enough. But that begs the question, and I don't mean Alistair. What issue are we talking about here? What did those tribes agree on and disagree with? Because I don't think the original tribes of the SBC for the first 70 or 80 years that they didn't have a statement of faith I don't think that any of them were pleading to have women become pastors. That's the issue that needs to be addressed. And while the history of the SBC is interesting, uh, to debate history on, on theological issues, we can learn from it, but it's not preeminent. We've got to go to what the Bible says. What we share in common is a mutual commitment to the inerrancy and the infallibility of God's word and to the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. I have to say that is worth addressing. No, we don't. You wouldn't say that. Of, now, they could say, yes, I'm an inerrantist. I believe in the sufficiency of the Bible. I just think that getting fortune cookie messages from God is like, okay, you'd go, well, hold it. You don't believe in the sufficiency of God. If you believe that the Bible is God's sole communication, everything we need for life and godliness, You don't need fortune cookie messages. You do not believe in sufficiency. So when somebody says, I believe in ordaining women as pastors, and then they claim, 
but I'm an inerrantist or I believe in the infallibility of the Bible, while they are indeed two separate things, actually, they're three separate things. There's a big difference between infallibility and inerrancy. Inerrancy is no mistakes. Infallibility is even stronger. There can be no mistakes. This is an interpretive issue. This, this, this would be like saying, I'm an inerrantist, and I believe that Jesus was only appeared to be divine, but he wasn't actually divine. He, he, I'm, 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 a, I'm a docetist. You'd go, well, okay, whatever on the inerrancy, you got the thing too wrong. No one is asking any Southern Baptist to change their theology. I'm not asking you to agree with my church. I am asking you to act like a Southern Baptist who have historically agreed to disagree on dozens of doctrines in order to share a common mission. I, I, I can't say if dozens of doctrines is accurate or not. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It depends on what the issue is. Don't go for this head fake. Since Southern Baptists have always allowed disagreement on doctrines of, including the essential doctrines of salvation. Whoa, 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 what? I would like to see some citation for that. That would mean you're not even a Christian, let alone a Baptist. Why should this one issue cancel our fellowship? Because of what it is. In 2013, when the Calvinists were under fire, Baptists agreed to disagree, and the split was averted. Okay, but that doesn't... This, this, this generalization is so effective. Whatever that debate was back then, because if you look, by the way, if you look at the history of the Southern Baptist Convention, I think it's safe to say initially way more Calvinistic. Then it became Arminian, and then it kind of is back to, I don't know where the tip is at the moment, but there's a lot of Calvinists, there's a lot of Arminians. Why can they get along? Well, unless, of course, you're believing that somehow you get yourself saved, then, then these aren't essential doctrines. Can they be? Absolutely. Is there a threat to the SBC over this issue? No. But there certainly is a threat regarding the role of women. Now, 10 years later, will we treat egalitarian Baptists with the same grace we showed the Calvinist? Should be showing the same grace, no question about it. And this is why I think that word from Bart Barber is a good one. What should we be saying to Rick Warren and to these churches? Oh, please, 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 you need to rethink this. Please return. You, you, you're the one who has gone astray. You're the one who has left the convention. Please come back. I hope that's what they hear. We should remove churches for all kinds of sexual sin, racial sin, financial sin, leadership sin, sins that harm the testimony of our convention. But the mm, Is he going to say, but the role of women as pastor isn't a sin? Well, if it contradicts the Bible, it is. So this is a begging of the question. 1,928 churches with women on pastoral staff have not sinned. Um, yes, they have, because the Bible says that if you are not in alignment with God's word, you are sinning, and I hate to say it, but Rick Warren was <laughs> right on his statistic, at least closer to right. 
Some people said, look, for instance, a former president, J.D. Greer, said this role of women thing, it's actually just it's receding. It's not a big deal. Mike Law thought, yeah, it actually is a big deal. It turns out the American reformer, Kevin McClure, decided, well, let's jump into all of the SBC churches. Let's just see how many women are on staff. Now, their number was much closer to Rick Warren's. But they're concerned, and I think rightly so, there are more. Why? Nomenclature. Some women are identified as pastors, so they went after that pastor, whatever, senior pastor, teaching pastor, music pastor, you got pastor, then you're identifying as a pastor. But what about director? What about minister? I don't think they even counted those. So this is still a big issue for the Southern Baptist Convention. And if it is not dealt with, continuingly dealt with, it is the leaven that will leaven the whole lump. If doctrinal disagreements between Baptists are considered sin, we all get kicked out. No and yes. You say, which is it, Freel? If somebody is wrong doctrinally, doesn't that mean they're sinning? It definitely means they're wrong. But that doesn't mean that they are willfully trying to disregard what the Bible clearly teaches. That's the distinction, and that is why we can have differences regarding eschatology. Nobody's trying to create a theology that undermines the return of Jesus Christ, his divinity, the Trinitarian Godhead, salvation by grace alone. They're just, they're just biffing it. Now, if they are off on something that is really, really clear, and they say, well, doesn't matter, don't care, then you've got yourself a sin issue because the individual confronted with 2,000 years of church history, clear biblical exegesis, and says, nope, don't care. Well, then you do have yourself an ongoing sin problem, and so it is with the role of women. We do well to listen, vowie, vowie, cowfowie, to Pastor Rick Warren, because if anybody is going to come up with a clever torpedo to blow up the SBC and complementarianism, it's Pastor Warren. Next on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break, which today is filled with wretched headlines here on Wretched Radio. In a disturbing report, teachers are complaining from Seattle to Miami about students attending school wearing diapers. And these aren't preschool teachers either. These are teachers of students, some as old as 11. And this isn't a story about parents who allow their students to identify as babies and wear diapers. This is a story about an increased amount of parents who are not parenting their children. When an 11-year-old goes to school in diapers, there should be concern. Well, over at ABC, they've run a story on pride parades in a rather new way. The story follows a group of LGBT families who, quote, protect their kids from seeing the other side of the debate when they take them to pride parades. How about as a parent, you protect your children from not just the other side of the debate, but you protect them from all of the raunchiness they see at pride parades. That's what I would say a real protective parent would do. 
A grim incident in Nigeria is currently under the spotlight as 46 Christians were brutally killed by Fulani terrorists. Please remember to continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. Well, an interesting development in a particular city in Michigan where an all-Muslim city council has banned the LGBT pride flag from city property. And in Wisconsin, a school district is facing a civil rights complaint at the moment. Why, you ask? Well, it's because they allegedly allowed a biological male to shower with female peers. The district hasn't issued a response just yet, but one can only imagine how they will respond when they do. On the business end of things, the CEO of Planned Parenthood is reportedly raking in $300,000 per year to murder unborn babies. It's quite a lucrative business, huh? And speaking of those who prefer the murder of unborn babies, a disturbing account comes from a 16-year-old advocate, pro-life advocate in Knoxville, Tennessee, who reports that her teacher stood by and allowed her pro-abortion classmates to assault her. The student stood up for her convictions, and the teacher says, well, I'm going to let these students violently stand up for theirs. And that's unfortunately happening in a country that touts freedom of speech. Yeah. Not so much these days. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 385 AD. In Milan, Bishop Ambrose defies the Empress. This event helped to establish the precedent of the church confronting the state when necessary to protect Christian teaching and oppose injustice and corruption in government. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You'll never get 100% of Baptists to agree 100% on 100% of doctrine. That is Rick Warren, and this is Wretched Radio, and we are attempting to learn without gloating. Hopefully, why? Well, you don't gloat at a divorce. Woo! No, it's a sad day when a church gets disfellowshipped. That isn't happy times. Now, it is a good thing that the SBC overwhelmingly stood its complementarian ground. 89% gave a thumbs down to Rick Warren's plea. Let us back in. Well, I'm huffing and I'm puffing, but he wasn't able to blow the SBC house down. That's good, but we don't want to gloat about that. Why? Because the issue of role of women, I think we would do well, and Will's time will help us to massage this argument. I think the issue really is sin. I think it's secondarily, I think it is an inability to read what is so clearly stated and use that excuse to say, therefore, we can have disagreement on something that is a sin issue. Now, I, I think those are the big two arguments that we complementarians should marshal to defeat egalitarianism. A tertiary argument would be history tells us when a denomination turns in the egalitarian direction. It just keeps slip sliding away. We have seen it with every major denomination that embraced the role of women as pastors in the church. The next thing you know, they're affirming gay weddings. That's why you see thousands of Methodist churches leaving. Now, for years, they've allowed women to be pastors. All of a sudden, hmm, well, it's not all of a sudden. It was creeping the entire time. Sin is like leaven. 
It just keeps on making its way throughout and contaminating the entire lump. The Methodists didn't start out affirming gay marriage, but now they do. And thousands of churches are leaving. What, what happened? The, uh, the liberals, the egalitarians, were able to say it's not actually a sin. It isn't a sin to be in a same-sex relationship. You don't understand Paul's contextual limitations in the first century. You don't understand that the New Revised Standard Version invented a word in 1946. See, Paul didn't understand that, that two men, two women could be in a covenantal relationship. He just couldn't get it. Therefore, it's okay. And you say, no. Now, is homosexuality, is gay marriage an essential doctrine? That's a, and the answer is, no, actually, it's not. Because cardinal doctrines have always been considered grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Bible alone. Understanding the Trinity, go back and read the original church creeds, the, the hypostatic union of Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, two natures that don't mix or mingle, fully divine, fully human, that the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal. Uh, those are the essentials. How you are intimate with somebody, it doesn't reach that level, but we don't we all intuitively know, uh, no, you're endorsing something that the Bible very clearly prohibits. Jimmy, you're scratching your beard. Uh, are, you, are you disagreeing that, that homosexuality is not an essential doctrine? It, it's... It's a touchy subject, I think, because it's it does lead to um, a lifestyle of sin, and so I mean, that's my point. Yeah, but I I I just don't now. Somebody can please let me know. Happy happy to jump on that train, but I, I it doesn't touch on one of those cardinal doctrines that's that would true. disqualify somebody from being within small o orthodoxy. It's a sin issue. That's my point. And Rick Warren tried to make the argument, hey, we are not living in sin. Well, I would say to him, hold on now. You said that LGBTQ people, LGBTQ affirming churches shouldn't be in the Southern Baptist Convention because that's a sin. But we're not sinning. That's precisely what the Methodists, the Episcopalians, the liberal Lutherans and Presbyterians said. It's fuzzy. Just not clear. We can agree to disagree. So I would say back to Pastor Warren, wait a second, if you can do that with something so clear as Paul stating emphatically, I do not allow a woman to preach or to have authority over men. If you can make that not say what it clearly says, then you have to accept what liberals say about homosexuality because it is the exact same argument. Which is why those denominations that take the left-hand turn toward egalitarianism, they, the, the brakes just go kafritz, and they go right down the slope into LGBTQ affirming land. Why? It's the same argument. And once you let the egalitarian horse out of the barn, you ain't going to bring it back in. Let's learn from Pastor Warren as he continues to try to marshal his arguments pleading with the SBC, little pigs, little pigs, let me back in. That's why our Constitution says that churches must closely identify, not completely identify with our cons confession. 
That is why I think it'll be a good thing if they do just that. And as we've discussed, there is a way to do that. Here's the things where we can have disagreement. But by the way, even with some of the things where we can have disagreement, there are still limitations to that. For instance, eschatology. Fine. Go ahead and be post-mill. Fine. Go ahead and be a-mill. But this preterist business, we got to talk about that because you, in a sense, in a sense, we're all partial preterists, but that doesn't mean we're preteristic. But if you're full-blown preterist, that's a big problem. Because it really undermines something as crucial as the return of Jesus Christ. So even that has to have limits. But I would encourage the SBC, not like they're going to listen to me, clarify it. Don't Just put in there, you need to be in total agreement with this document. Otherwise, you can just go find another place. Isn't it something how liberals rarely build? They always glom on and tear down. Just if, if you're going to persist in this interpretation of Scripture and continue sinning despite our pleadings, please just, just go find another place. But stop trying to destroy what has already been built. And it took a fair amount of effort from a lot of SBC folks. Now, the Baptist faith and message is 4,032 words. Oh, yeah, we've heard this. Saddleback disagrees with, with one, one word. word. That's 99.9999999999 in agreement. Isn't that close enough? No, because it depends on what that is. How much arsenic do you want in your tea? None. You want, you want zero. <laughs> While it may not kill you immediately, it ain't going to help you. The issue is, what is that word? His issue is men. See, clever. But if I said to you, divine, let's just take that word out. Or if I said overshadowed, uh, you know, the, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Well, it wasn't God. So let's just take out the word uh, miracle. Uh, it, it, what, he didn't walk on water. You'd go, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're changing a word and it has serious implications. That's the point. Al Mohler, who for some reason gets to speak twice and do the rebuttals. We're going to hear from Al. Claims the phrase, the office of the pastor is limited to men, that that also includes every staff position too, and somehow it also prevents any woman from teaching. But I was able to contact about half, over half of the original drafting committee of the Baptist Space Message 2000, and seven of them told me Al was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. He said, she said, this would be dismissed in a court as hearsay. In fact, before the vote on the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message, even Al in his hometown newspaper said it didn't limit women from being assistant pastors. Go. I, I'd be shocked to read that, but okay. In the Courier Journal. Now, if, having said that, we're going to listen to Al Mohler. Let's just say that he did say that. I'd like to know what he says about that today. And if he holds to that, uh, we, we would have every right to say, whoa, 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 wait a second. We'll hear from Al Mohler in a moment. President is set. Southern Seminary will have to change the name of the Billy Graham School since Billy Graham trained women pastors at our global training events, and he endorsed the preaching ministry of his daughter saying, Anne is the best preacher in, in the Graham family. Vote no. If this precedent is set, we'll have to rename our two. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter about the history 
of Billy Graham. Doesn't matter. That is why, like every issue, we must bring it back to the Bible. I did not hear, I don't think that I heard a Bible verse mentioned in that three and a half minute plea, three minutes and 12 seconds. I, nothing about scripture, and not, not, not even quoting an early church father, although I suppose you could probably root around enough and find somebody who said something ambivalent enough that it would allow you to import your theology into it. But this is a, this is a Bible argument. Now, Al Mohler, he is one of the most influential men in the SBC. Hands, no, no question about it. And he was involved in the 2000 faith, Baptist Faith and Message that inserted for the first time the role of pastor is reserved to men. What is he going to have to say in return to Rick Warren, who doesn't seem to be happy that he only got to speak once, and for some reason, Al Mohler got to speak twice? We'll hear from the good doctor next on Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, I have some news I'm about to share with you that quite possibly could knock you off your feet. We're blowing the doors completely off the Wretched Store. June 12th through the 18th, it is a discount galore. 20% off all books in the Wretched Store. It's like getting every fifth page for free. We're also slashing 33% off all of our video and audio resources, the physical ones that you hold in your hands. But wait, there's more. A jaw-dropping, eye-popping, crazy 50% off all things digital and streaming. And we haven't forgot about our gospel booklets. They are getting their prices trimmed too. Also, if your order tips the scales at $50 or more, we're going to throw in a free streaming of Road Trip to Truth Season 3. Folks, this sale is so big that it has its own zip code. It's the biggest sale we've ever had. It's even bigger than the time we ordered too many books and Todd almost had a panic attack. Make sure you take advantage of it June 12th through 18th at Wretched.org. That's the Wretched store at Wretched.org. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians 
who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Books of the Bible The book of Ruth tells of a Moabite widow who chose to follow the God of Israel and found favor in the eyes of a godly man named Boaz who claimed her family's land as her kinsman redeemer. Ruth and Boaz are the ancestors of Jesus and a foreshadowing of Jesus' work as our kinsman redeemer. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you're hearing a scratching sound, it's because I'm itching to hear from Dr. L. Moeller. This is Wretched Radio, the Southern Baptist Convention. It has closed its doors in New Orleans for their annual convention, but that doesn't mean the debate over the role of women in the office of elder is over. It is nowhere near a ceasefire. In fact, I would suggest to you, as a friendly commentator from afar, The SBC still has some work to do, as up to 20% of the messengers said it's actually okay if a Southern Baptist church has women in the role of pastor. Uh Uh-oh. Danger, Will Robinson. I don't have the stats. I doubt that anybody does. But I'll bet that's more than the year 2000. Because in the year 2000, the reason that the exclusion of women as pastors was inserted into the Baptist faith and message was because it was becoming an issue. But because it wasn't dealt with heartily, it didn't, it didn't get exercised from the convention like it should. Was it excised? Uh, yeah. Maybe exercised is better because <laughs> it's a doctrine of demons. The point is, if you don't take it out, it just continues and then it gains a little traction. So today in 2023, up to 20 percent affirm, and we are very thrilled for the 80 percent who said, no, a church can't be in friendly fellowship and cooperation with the SBC if they have women pastors. We, 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 we rejoice in that without gloating, hopefully, but that number will grow unless the Southern Baptist Convention, which they are wont to do. It is, they just don't like doing this historically. We just don't talk ill of any, but we don't talk about disagreements in the SBC. It might just get so hot regarding this camel under the camel's nose under the tent of the SBC continues to heat up. They're going to have to start drawing some really clear lines. When Pastor Warren was giving his impassioned plea uh, to let saddle back in, little pigs. He referred to Dr. Al Moeller, stating that this fellow, Al Moeller, who's the president of the Southern Seminary, uh, that he was involved in the Baptist faith and message in 2000, and he was duplicitous because he told a newspaper in Kentucky, well, just because we've inserted that statement into the Baptist faith and message, it doesn't restrict women from being associate pastors. Well, that's interesting. That's why I'm itching to hear, scratching to hear, what Dr. Albert Moeller had to say in response. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just want to say that my position was there misrepresented, but nonetheless... That's it. That's all we're getting? We're just... 
Zip. That's it. You know what? I got to tell you, that's a disciplined speaker. Pastor, if you have a tendency to wander, and if you have a tendency to go, oh, I didn't get to all of my points because you love to go a-wandering, learn from that man. I'm sure he was chomping at the bit, but that wasn't what he wanted to, he didn't want to be there defending himself. It's important to state for the record that Albert Moeller does not say what the Baptist faith and message means. The Southern Baptist Convention says what the Baptist faith and message means and is quite competent to accomplish that task. In got, the year got 2000... To, got, got to admit, I'm not exactly sure what, what that had to do with him being misrepresented. But I think he was trying to make the point, hey, it's I'm not the leader of this convention or this movement, methinks. That task. In the year 2000, the words, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture was inserted because 30 years ago, this issue threatened to tear this denomination apart. Yep. The definition of friendly cooperation came down to the fact that that was an issue that would endanger the cooperative cohesion and faithfulness of the church, of the Southern Baptist Convention. And yep, that's that's... That was a good note and a needed note. You can't hearken back to a different era. We should know that as historians, different setting, different context. When the original Baptists got together, they didn't need a statement on the role of women because <laughs> if you would have said to a Southern Baptist in 1920, Pastor, meet Helen. God's given her the gift of preaching. We should install her as a pastor. Um, that, that, that person probably, in Christian love, bless their hearts, would have been tossed out of the church. In particular, we look to this issue because Southern Baptists decided this is not just a matter of church polity. It is not just a matter of hermeneutics. It's a matter of biblical commitment, a commitment Good to word. the scripture that unequivocally, we believe, limits the office of pastor to men. Now, I think that's what I was trying to say. He's just a lot more articulate. That if, if, if you can't get this, this is clear. You say that you're an inerrantist, but you are so clearly wrong on this. You're not committed to defending Scripture, even when the culture is insisting you do so. Which is why this is been, has been the issue since the mid-50s, uh, about the uh, mid of the 20, 20th century in the 1950s because of the feminist movement. This has been an increasing assault. That's why it's been added. And those who refuse to adhere to it, according to Dr. Moeller, they are not, despite their protestations, committed to Scripture. And it is a hermeneutics issue tied up in that. It, it's also a sin issue. I'm hoping he gets to that, too. It's an issue of biblical authority. It is one that has actually led to the unity of the Southern Baptist Convention as Southern Baptists have gone forward with an issue of clarity here, which has greatly made our doctrine and order a matter of unity and harmony. It is the unity and harmony of the Southern Baptist Convention that is now at stake. And we're in an unusual situation. Once again, this is not a convention responsibility to offer a comprehensive verdict on the ministry of Rick Warren or Saddleback Community Church. We can thank God for every good gospel thing that is represented by that church and its ministry. It is a question about the Southern Baptist Convention and what it means for a church to be in friendly cooperation in doctrine and in order with this convention. You know, uh, he's got three minutes. He's jamming. But at this point, 
if you believe that there was good work that was done by Saddleback, at this moment, they're sinning. And the people inside of their congregation, they might be ignorant. I suspect there are a number of people who are like, oh, I just didn't understand it was a sin issue. Yes, it's a hermeneutics issue. Yes, it's an authority issue. I, I, just, I just didn't realize that. I'm sure there are some of those people there, but that entire church, which is thousands of folks, those people are being led sinfully. That's, that's a big deal. Here we face the unusual situation in which Dr. Warren himself has made repeated statements and the church has taken repeated actions that make very clear that it rejects the confessional understanding of the Southern Baptist Convention on this issue. This isn't a question of misunderstanding. The Credentials Committee and the Executive Committee took action based upon the actions of Saddleback Community Church in establishing a woman as a campus pastor and having women with the title of pastor to teach in the teaching role on Sunday morning and then Pastor Warren going on to say more expansively that the church basically, and he, endorses and calls for a more comprehensive egalitarianism. I'm confident that's not where the Southern Baptist Convention is going to go. I believe that it is a statement without rancor and without personal attack, without making a comprehensive verdict on a congregation that is no longer among us, We simply say that our credentials committee and executive committee have done the right thing. We need to do that. Ba-boom, ba-bing. Three minutes later, tight. (laughs) Actually, he got eight seconds of grace. Rick Warren got 12 seconds of grace, but (laughs) who would judge such a petty thing? That is Dr. Albert Moeller responding to Rick Warren, stating this is a big deal. We're not trying to make more of it than this particular issue, but we're going we're gonna to stand firm on the role of women in the church. The end, not really. Do we think that Rick Warren is going to go quietly into the gentle night, or does he go gently into the quiet night? Either way works. If is he good, are the potentially 20% of the Baptist messengers going to go, okay, Dr. Moeller, you're right. Our bad. We're, we're not going to have churches that have female pastors in cooperation with the SBC. No, it's going to keep on going and it's going to keep on growing. And I'm no prophet. That office doesn't exist anymore. I'm no prophet, but mark my words. If the Lord tarries till 2033, you'll see this issue again. This, this, this is the easiest issue for liberals to gain a foothold. This is, this is the one. So they're not going to suddenly go into another direction and pick on something like the Baptists aren't going to be dealing with baptism. You know, it's not important that you get baptized. They're not going to do that. So let us be in friendly cooperation. No, they're going to stick with this one and they're going to keep banging the drum and they're going to keep sharpening their arguments. So uh, to make sure that this is banged into our noggins. Yep, it is an authority issue about the Bible. Yes, it is a hermeneutics issue about the Bible. But it's also a sin issue. And we should be praying for the SBC and for these straying churches that they would return to the small O orthodox whole. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.